marriage takes work. Welcome to the 313 Men, Money, and Marriage podcast, where facts, logic, and reasoning are at the forefront of every conversation. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about how marriage takes work. Why do we have to always work on our marriage? Is marriage always hard? What are the most important things in a marriage? What do you do if your partner is withholding emotions? And how do you handle trauma in your marriage? With my returning guest, Mr. Marcus Cotton. So sit back, relax, and enjoy as we delve deep into this issue. And welcome back to the 313 Men, Money, and Marriage podcast. And as we did say in the intro, we're going to be talking about why marriage takes work. Now, as we get going here, I just want to make a couple quick, uh, you know, disclaimers or not necessarily disclaimers, just to say what has been going on with our sound the past couple of weeks. We've had a little bit of issues with it, but not nothing that we can't clean up and fix. So hopefully going going forward in the future, we'll be able to clear up some of these things. We're experimenting with video, and that's why you're starting to see a little bit of a drop off on sound because I'm you know, trying to figure everything out. But we'll get it together, so just stick with us and ride it out. Continue. Thank you for the support that y'all been giving the show. Well, we're going to be talking about how, why marriage takes work, and we do have our most returning guest that has come back. <laughs> he, he's been on the show more than anybody else. Proudly. So, proudly, he says. <laughs> that's up for debate sometimes, because usually I got to feed him. Usually I got to feed him to get him to come. This morning, yeah, huh? I gave him some coffee this morning, get him all perked up. Give it up for Mr. Marcus Cotton. All right. Now, Marcus is back. And, and what I do is Marcus has some news to share for the audience. If you follow the podcast on a regular, consistent basis, Marcus has some news that he wants to share with the audience. So, Marcus, I'm going to give you the floor. You got two minutes, man. Go get it. Two minutes, man. All right. That's good, brother. Thank you, man. Uh, for one, I want to start off with this. Thank you, brother, for continuing to encourage me uh, and my wife in starting a podcast and allowing us to come on here and just uh, blessing us to to just be here with you, man. And secondly, we have started. That's that's what we wanted to talk about. Right. So we have started a a podcast called A Marriage That Works. Uh, You can catch us on all streaming or most streaming uh, platform, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, I mean, all of those places. And so uh, just jump in, put in a marriage that works. Check us out. Uh, we would love to hear some feedback from you. You know, hit us up on email or anything like that. And so, yeah, man, so we've, we've begun. We have begun. What was it like? You recorded your first two episodes. How was that so far? So that's been good, man. We have recorded our first two episodes. Uh, so just some background. Recording an episode is, it's not difficult, but you definitely want to get it right. And so with with us, like me and my wife, you know, you have to have two people that agree. And so we have been challenged on recording these episodes. I was telling Andrew a little earlier, like, brother, we probably got an hour worth of, you know, recorders that, you know, people probably never hear. 
However, <laughs> it's been a thing where, you know, our marriage is working towards a purpose uh, in order to advance the kingdom of God and to help marriages uh, out here in the United States or even around the world. So That's perfect. That is excellent. So that's one of the reasons why we did this particular episode that's called Marriage Takes Work because we're sort of semi-promoting his show, which is called A Marriage That Works. Yes. So... Truth be told, his his better half was supposed to be able to come here, but uh, yes. you know she had something, uh, something popped a previous engagement that she had to do. So he's he's gonna just he's gonna fly the ship solo, and uh, he's gonna you know I guess will you be speaking for uh, for her in certain situations, or would you just be saying it from your point of view? Or yeah, I'll definitely be speaking from both of our points of view. Um, we uh, created a program together. We've been doing uh, marriage counseling for over a decade now, and so the Lord gave both of us this program. Uh, that we call a marriage that works, but the basis of that program is Christ commitment and communication. And so um, I'll be speaking on my behalf, but also Jessica's behalf as well. So. Great, great. Well, we're going to jump right into it here and we're going to start asking Marcus some questions. And the first thing I just said, and if, if the show objectives, if you heard, I just asked a, the, a basic thing here and I was just saying, why do we always have to work on our marriage? Once we get married, isn't it just sort of like an automatic thing where we just really like, hey, you know, I'm married to her, you know, everything's fine. Why do you have to consistently or constantly have to work on your marriage? Right. So uh, we always have to work on our marriages, right? Because things are attacking them. If you ever uh, bought a brand new house before, brand new house. I mean, you come in, the water works, you come in, uh, you know, all of the bedrooms are cleaned out. You come in, the electrical is working. You, you look at the outside of the house, all the bricks are there and things like that. But over time, it rains. Over time, some plumbing mess up, right? Over time, some electrical issues just happen. And so you, if you look at, you know, just having a brand new house, you having a brand new marriage, you have to do something. That thing is called, uh, that something is called maintenance. Maintenance on your marriage helps you, helps your marriage not become run down. Like, you know, we've been doing marriage counseling for a while. And so we kind of see when couples' marriages are kind of run down. And they just need a what? A renovation. Mm -hmm. They need a renovation. They need to paint the walls. They need to, you know, fix the issues that continue to linger on. You know, if you let a water leak continue to go on for so long, it just ruins the whole thing. If you continue to let frustration in your marriage just continue to leak and leak and leak and leak, it ruins the marriage. And now you need what? A renovation. So... That's the reason why, really, we need to continue to work on our marriage. Why? Because you don't want to have to do an entire renovation. That's a good point. And, and you know, there's, there's always something that pops up. You know, it like is. There's always, it seems like some people say it's like you're, you're constantly having to fix or make, you know, you're putting out a fire or something all the time or yeah. something's going on. But that's just part of the course. That's it just is. basically what life is. Mm -hmm. There's no such thing as just a complete blissful, I guess, marriage where nothing ever happens goes wrong. It goes, right. yeah, just, it just doesn't happen. So there's ups and downs. And so the reason why I wanted to do this particular episode, I don't want a lot of people, if you ask them, do you want to get married? They say, yes, absolutely. Yeah. I say, well, what if I tell you you got to work at it and you got to constantly work at it and mm -hmm. it's going to be, a, you know, you got to make a lifelong commitment to it and this is something. Then people kind of back off a little bit because yeah, they're like, real. well, I didn't really sign up for that. But that's what it is. It's it's mm -hmm. giving up something. It's sacrifice. It's it's a whole lot. And so, I tell people you got to be very careful 
But sometimes, sometimes you ask for some of these things, not realizing what it actually entails and what it takes. I remember listening to uh, former First Lady Michelle Obama, uh-huh. and she was just talking about her marriage. And I remember she said, "There is a point. There's points in time in your marriage where." You don't like that other person that you're married to, That's and it right, could bro. last for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. But because you're committed to that person, you love that person, you do whatever it takes to make it work. And mm-hmm. if you don't have that mindset going into a marriage, you're wasting your time and you're setting yourself up for failure. Right. You know what? What's your thoughts on that? Yeah. So I've, I I see that we need to realize that there's a purpose for our marriage. And so just like with me and Jessica, there's a purpose for our marriage. It is ministry, right? We, we do ministry together, but also we're raising a family together. And we're not just raising a family together that we see physically in front of us. We are raising a family together that we don't yet see. Our grandchildren, right? Our, hopefully our grandchildren's grandchildren. And so that is a big deal for us. And, it, you know, I've. I understand that may not be a big deal for a lot of people. However, I would that that's a big deal for us. And and the table, we always tell people the table that we sit at and we eat dinner at and we hang out and we enjoy each other, we play Uno and all those things. There's a next generation that we'll be doing the same thing with. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you're talking about legacy. Talking about legacy. Yes. And that's that's, that's right. to, for a man. That's that's very important. Yes. Well, I'm going to get in here and I'm, I'm going to throw some things at you and just you, you tell me what you think about this. Okay. And, and this is pertaining to your marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, has there ever been a time in your marriage where you just had to agree to disagree? Yes. Okay. <laughs> 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 you, you said that quick, so I'm assuming it's, it's happened more than once. Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. You know, and I think that we have to get used to those things. We just have to agree, right, to disagree. However, we continue to walk with each other through it. There's there's a war going on and marriages are being attacked. And so now if you can imagine yourself facing the enemy with your wife, facing the enemy with your children. Just because you disagree, that doesn't mean that the war on the other uh, the war stops. (laughs) That don't mean that bullets are not flying still. Right. You can have a disagreement at war. However, you still got to go with your battle buddy. I, I've been in the military, so you that, still got right. <laughs> your battle buddy. Right? You still got to rock with your battle buddy, right? You still have to. Uh, uh, the Bible calls it submitting to each other or serving each other. You still have to get along with each other. Why? Because if you're not getting along with each other, the enemy wins. That's it. The that's, enemy wins. That's true. Now, this next area, I'm just going to ask you about. You're going to, you know. You might laugh at this, but it just <laughs> says here, they say, mm-hmm. you know, a compliment a day keeps the divorce attorney away. How often do you compliment each other in your marriage? Multiple times a day. Well, see, you're doing it way more than I do because I get so much <laughs> flack from my spouse saying that I don't compliment enough mm-hmm. and I don't. Pay attention. You know, when we, we first got married, you know, I was, you know, you make the statement. She's like, you know, do, what do you think about this? It looks like, says, why don't you send me a compliment here and there? I'm like, well, I married you, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> That's not a compliment. 
So what you but, think I think? Yeah, exactly. What do you think I think, right? But you can't, you, you do have to do the compliments. And you said yeah. you do it multiple times a day. Now, mm-hmm. how, how does that work out? So it's a part of, I made it a part of my culture. As in, Good point. I am, I am doing it automatically. Hey, what's going on, beautiful? How you doing, babe? You look great. I like this. You know, noticing um, when she get her eyebrows arched or noticing, uh, you know, just if she got something on new or, or things like that. It's serving each other. Uh, Ephesians 5 and 21 tells us that we should serve each other because of the fear of the Lord. And so because I fear God, I want to serve my spouse. She may be struggling with some image issues today. Right. But it's, it's a part of my culture to serve her in that way to uplift her. Why? So that the enemy won't continue to attack her and that she can be the best uh, image of Christ in the world that she could possibly be. So it's just a part of my culture, man. That's a good way to do it. I mean, that's I mean, you're, you're doing it. That's that's really good. I mean, you know, like I said, we, we kind of take things for granted sometimes. And that's when, you know, trouble can strike up, you know, in a marriage is when you're, you know, you get complacent. Yeah, that's true, man. You know, but, that's you true. know, it's it's not. It's not you. You're not doing it on purpose. Right. You know, you're doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just not thinking about it. Right. Not in a good way or bad way. You're just not. And so yeah. sometimes you just, you know, you get complacent. Things pop up. And then, you know, before you know it, like you said, that water pipe breaking is a slow leak. It's dripping, dripping. And then all of a sudden, and boom. And then, you know, that's that's how marriages work. Mm-hmm. You made a good point about, you know, marriages are always under attack. Yes. And they are. Mm-hmm. Because you're getting, you know, attacks from all different walks of life. Yes. You know, you know, there's different things that can, you know, there's obviously temptation. There's other things, but you're getting a lot of it is always coming at you almost seems like every day. Yeah. So you almost have to become, I guess, numb to the fact that this is what's happening. And just I, I've got this is what I'm putting first and foremost. And this is how we're going to handle it. You know, I'm mm-hmm. not going to let these outside distractions mm-hmm. affect what's going on inside my house. That's right. You know, so that's, that's right. one thing that we can look at it. And the goal, that. man, is to have a kingdom of peace. Right. So I can't control the world. Right. But I can control the things that are happening in my house. And my and our goal is to just have a kingdom of peace. That's what God wants us to have. Um, and so this is really God's house. You know, mm-hmm. we, you know, we grew up and it was like, the, you know, a man, when they get a house, it's their house. Yes, it's my house. <laughs> right. Like, this is my house. Yes. Whatever I'm, I'm guilty of that. I house. still do that to this day sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, we say the things like uh, whatever happens in this house stays in this house. But that's not true because our kids go to school with the same kind of mindset that we have in our house towards their friends in school. And we can. We can attest to that, right? Because yes. <laughs> we got some, we've had some issues. Well, sure. I have personally had some issues with some just other kids that are that are you know bullying my kids or something yeah, like yes. that, right? Yes. And so, you know, for us, we see it as God's house, and so we are accountable to God in our house. And so, if I need to go to my son or if I need to go to my wife and apologize, I'm okay with that because it keeps that kingdom of peace in our house. That's a good point there. Mm-hmm. Now, some of the most important things in a marriage, I'm going to just list a few of them here, and it, we'll just get Marx's input on it. Communication. Mm-hmm. Respect. Yes. Setting boundaries. Trust and support. So there's basically five things there. We're not going to you know, expect you to give an answer on every single one, but 
we'll start off with just say communication. Why is that, you think, uh, one of the more important things you can have in a marriage? Yes. So with communication, we just talked about war, right? Yes. And so when you're at war, if you can't communicate with uh, with your battle buddy or the person that is on your team, uh, you may run into friendly fire. Friendly fire is not intentional, Mm. but friendly fire still kills. And so if you lose that communication right between each other, there may be some friendly fire that's going on. Right. That. Another person or like misunderstandings and things like that, that another person is not intentionally saying, intentionally doing. However, it still brings an offense. It still hurts. You know, the other one here that I'll mention real quick is uh, respect. And I always say when you're in a marriage. When respect is gone from one of the partners, for whatever reason that may be, Mm -hmm. when respect is gone the marriage is essentially over. Yeah, man. Because you just can't, it's so hard to recover and recoup if one person doesn't respect the other person. It just, it's, there's, there's no way in my opinion that a marriage can survive. You know, the, it's, it's pretty difficult. The other one is, you know, setting boundaries. You know, we talk about setting boundaries and importance of having, you know, boundaries in, in your, your, your own personal life. One thing I notice, and one thing that there's one thing to keep if you're out on the dating market, and one thing that will keep, say, a toxic woman away from you or a woman that's not meant for you is when she sees that you have boundaries, she's going to leave mm-hmm. because that she's not used to that. Those boundaries are there for a reason. You have those boundaries and that keeps you grounded. And if she can't handle that, that's your answer. <laughs> Basically, you, you, that, that's it. You know, these are my boundaries. Either you accept them or you don't accept them. This, that, and the other. But you have to have those in place for your own personal sanity. You know, not just for, you know, just this, this is how I live my life. Right. And if a person can't adapt to that sometimes, and as long as they're not overly rigid, you can be fine. As long as you're flexible with your boundaries, you can be fine with it. I don't think it should be a major issue. But that's something to think about. Yeah. Next thing I want to ask you is, now this one's going to sound kind of, you know, a little, little somewhat personal, I guess, yeah. is how do you keep the intimacy alive in your marriage? Now, when we hear the word intimacy, we often assume. Intimacy, you see. Right, right, right. Right, right, right. So how do you do that? So I think... Uh, that you keep intimacy alive in your marriage uh, by you yourself being intimate, right? By you yourself expressing your emotions. And a lot of people don't know this, and I'm probably first time I'm sharing this uh, over there, over the uh, the air. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to have major like panic attacks, right? Like like rushing me to rush me to the hospital, you know, kind of uh, kind of panic attacks. Uh, And it wasn't until I looked at my wife outside of my mom's apartment, uh, uh, like literally 15 feet away from the door. And I looked at, I just remember it, you know, that vividly. Um, I looked at her and I told her, I am so afraid right now. And man, it was like removing a stopper from, a tub full of water. <clears throat> I had so many pent up. 
uh, emotions and thoughts and all of these things that I never realized like it was actually filling up. I never realized it was hurting me. However, from that day forward, we became more intimate in our communication because I did want her to see like what was going on on the inside of me. And because I was able to do that, she started doing it as well. And so if we want to be more intimate in our relationships, we have to be more open in our conversation, in our communication and say, hey, I'm anxious right now or I'm depressed right now or I just don't feel like doing that because of whatever said reason and and trusting our partners to uh, hold that information or be able to be responsible with that information. So. Uh, if if we want a more intimate relationship, I think we got to be more intimate ourselves. That's that's a good point. You know, one of the things that they'll say is that, you know, that intimacy is about one thing that both men and women do is they try to they don't want people to see their vulnerabilities. Yes. And the only way you'll ever find a partner who is meant to be for you is you have to be vulnerable. Yes. There's no way. You, you, a lot of people think you don't have to be. Like, you, you don't have to put up this strong image of facade. Generally <clears> speaking, <throat> you know, in the first beginning stages of a relationship, they call it the honeymoon phase for a reason. Right. And the reason why it's called the honeymoon phase is because everyone is putting their best foot forward. So everyone is showing you all the good stuff. Right. You know, all the good stuff about the, uh, the relationship. Right. But then let's just say you go over to the girl's house and you get in there and it, it's a mess. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Then what do you do? You know, like it's, but the point is you have to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. If you have been say hurt or jilted in some previous relationship, you can't bring that to the new one. Right. Because if you are in the present and you're living in your past, it leads to no future. Mm -hmm. So you have to be vulnerable. You have to let if if you're serious about this person, mm-hmm. you're gonna have to have a level of vulnerability, both the man and the woman, and that's something that you know we we struggle with, all of us. But when you do that, that lets you know that the relationship that if if that person accepts that vulnerability and they actually start to improve, just like what you just said, you know, you know, uh, Jessica started doing doing it after you started to show it. Mm-hmm. That made it your relationship go take off even further and go yeah, to did. another level. It did. And that's that's very, very important. So that's why I say that's that's something that you gotta consider when you're dealing with intimacy in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, right here, I just want to get into this one here just to see uh what your thoughts are on this. We talk about communication. You did touch on that a little bit, especially when it's uh, but I want to cover one part of communication because communication is three different things. You know, you got talking, listening, body language. You know, so they say that of the three, listening is the most important. Now, as much as we both like to talk. <laughs> Amen. Are, are, we, are we good listeners? Or are you a good listener in your marriage when your wife is expressing something about how she feels or something that's bothering her or upsetting her? Are you a good listener? Or is it something you still have to work at? So it is something that I have to work at, but it's it's an it's an intentional thing for me. 
Um, Proverbs tells us that uh, a fool is quick to not listen. No, a fool does not listen, but is quick to want their answer heard. And so I don't want to be a fool. That's one thing. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. And and two, I understand that there is power in listening. Right. Listening cuts down an all day argument into a 10 minute conversation. Yes. Right. And so if we would just listen to our wives or wives listening to their husband. We don't have to have that all day argument. We could just simply have a 10 minute conversation. You know, there was something that recently happened and it wasn't, it wasn't in my marriage per se, mm-hmm. but it was someone who I, I was friends with. Yes. We had gotten into a little bit of a disagreement, debate argument to the point where we weren't even talking mm-hmm. at the point. And then a few days, about maybe a week later, we had struck yeah. up a conversation. Mm-hmm. And as we started talking, one thing I explained to that person is that day when we stopped talking because you were upset, the information that I just gave you, mm-hmm. you know, it took me all of five minutes to give you this information. If you had known that, would you have gotten upset? And that person said no. Wow. There but you, go. you see what I'm saying? If we had to just simply listened. Listened. And wasn't all caught up in our emotions and feelings. That's right. The whole situation could have been resolved in like five, ten minutes. Exactly. So instead, it lingered on for over a week. Wow. And that's just so crazy. And imagine how many people are going to bed for a week together that are angry at each other. Yeah. You know, uh, y'all backs are facing each other. Yes. And, And it seems as if you have to... And I ain't going to say it seems as if this actually happens. You forgot that you were mad about something. And then when you, you go to sleep, you forget that you were mad. And then when you wake up that morning. You got you got to get re-angry. Yes. <laughs> then you got to get re-angry. Oh, yeah. You got to put your guards back. Oh, yeah, I was mad about that. I forgot we were arguing. So we want to cut down on that. <laughs> That's it. Um, we got a couple more quick areas to cover before we wrap Ooh. up. But I just want to touch on this one here. I When I was talking about compliments earlier, I always say the best compliment you can give your spouse or your husband, wife, is praising that person when they're not around. Mm. You know, and is that something that you do or is that something that, you know, like I said, we all need work with different things, but I think I do that better. Then I do the actual compliments in person. <laughs> so, That's good. That's but I'm good just though. saying, I, I, I think I do that better, you know, versus the, the actual saying stuff directly to to her. What, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, I think uh, that's important. I think that's critical. Um, praising your partner, when, even when they're not around, because gossip can ruin a marriage, brother. Oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, Absolutely. I mean, because people are going to tell it. That's just a part of who we are as people, right? So somebody's going to, you know, say something or somebody's going to treat her or him weird because you said something negative about them in their presence. And so that's just, that's going to spiral it out of control. Absolutely. So that's, that's a good point with that. You know, you, we don't think about it, but I always tell people it's good to, you know, they just say, yeah, my, my wife does this. She did that. You know, I'm really, you know, 
I don't know where we would be without this person, you know, yeah. kind of thing. So that does matter. But also this, man, you're not fortifying a negative thought process about your spouse in your mind. Oh, yes. Right. Yes. You're not saying it out of your mouth when they're not around. And so that when you get in front of them, you're still holding that negative thought process about your wife. You always want to look at your spouse in a positive way. And so just by you being disciplined and not doing that, you're able to do that. You're able to have peace right right in front of your spouse. So Good point. Good, good point. Good. The last thing here I just wanted to talk, touch on is what do you do if your partner is sort of withholding their emotions? You know, I mean, there's periods of time where we are struggling with things and it is not uncommon for us to behave like this. You know, where we'll go sort of in our own little shell and, there might be something bothering us that we don't really talk about, you know, that we're not talking to anybody about, whether it's our spouse or whatever. And we're all guilty of it, you know. But mm-hmm. what do you do when that happens? Like if you were, you know, telling a new, a new couple just got married and you say, what do you do when this, this comes up? Because it comes up in every single marriage where a person is literally, you know, they are withholding emotions from you. What yeah. do you do in that situation? Yeah, so with this situation, and we've been through this situation personally. Right. Uh, with this situation, the best way to handle it. Well, I'll tell you what not to do. And then I'll tell yes, you what the, to the do. The not just as important as what to do. So go ahead. Yeah. So don't corner them. Don't corner them with questions because they know that, you know, something is going on. Right. If they are uh, depressed uh, about a situation. Hey, you know, they're working through that. But the worst thing you can do. Is like try to corner them with questions. What's going on? What are you doing? I know there's something wrong. You know, all of these things, right? So that's kind of like, you know, naturally what we want to do. We just want to attack the situation. But what you can do is be a friend, right? Care. And care enough not to have to know what's going on in the moment, but care enough to just be there with them and be there with them in that moment. And 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 start to bring them out of that that funk or that mm-hmm. that that emotional distress that they're in. If they're grieving, if they're grieving, you're not going to know every thought that they have. They're having an internal conversation with themselves when they are grieving that we could not even imagine. Right. They're 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 processing everything. But just being there. And knowing that they can trust you to be an ear for them. And again, going back to that responsibility of handling the information that they're giving you and not in turn turning around and using it against them. You know, that's a, I, that's a good point, because I always say, you know, you know, when a person is feeling like this, you are your spouse's first line of therapy. That's right. You know, you, you're the therapist at first, even yeah. if you, you're not you're not. Um, a, a licensed therapist, anything, right? You're that first person, so that you can. Uh, some of the stuff that people go through, a lot of it can be solved mm-hmm. right within their own home. That's right. Without, like, when you go to an outside marriage counselor or anything like that, that's because the two of you are saying that we can't solve this problem mm-hmm. on our own, and we need some help. Right. But most of the time, your spouse and you can solve the problem without seeking outside help. But there's, obviously there's instances where there's other things going on where you're going to need 
that outside marriage therapy, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. You make, you know, you should never feel embarrassed and shamed, guilty or anything about that's it. That's exactly right. That's part of the course. That is, that's how this thing works. That's so true. And I love that you make that point. Um, and you should, it, it's called prevention before your spouse or you get to that point, uh, going back to what we previously talked about, you should have that intimacy so that your spouse could have that safe space um, to come to you and talk to you and know that you can responsibly handle this situation. Great point on also therapy in your own home. Yes. Listening. So when you go to a therapist, the first thing they're doing is what? They're listening to you. <laughs> That's it. I mean, That's it. Because if they don't listen, they don't even know the technique or, or what to give you or what to do in order to help you. And so that's the main thing for us being able to help our spouses kind of be comfortable with saying whatever they have to say uh, while they're going through whatever they were going through. Perfect. Perfect. Well, we're going to wrap up based upon that last closing thought there by Marcus. And I thought it was a good point there. So we'll finish up. And like I said, I want to continue to thank the audience for continuing to support this, this, this very humble one man shop podcast, (laughs) you know, what I, I, I tell people this, you know, Marcus gives me credit for helping them get started, but Marcus is really good with some of the technical stuff, so he helps me as well. So when there's something that I don't know how to do, I call him up and he kind of shows me. So that's why it's sort of easy for him to sort of get launched and get going on his on the technical side of things because that's, that's what he does. So mm-hmm. it does help. Please support his podcast. I, he's dropping an episode, what is it, every Friday? Every Friday, 6 a.m. We want to be a part of your date night conversation. That's oh. it. That's it. So check him and his wife Jessica's podcast out and, you know, support them just like you support us. And let us know what you think. You know, they have a way you can reach you. You know, we have a website. And the website is always, there's a link in the show notes. You can always click on it. If you want to leave an email message, you can get on an email list. And you can leave a voice recording if you want. We've had a few of those have been left as well. So feel free to utilize that uh, as we continue to go forward with the podcast. We are going to start doing a little bit more video. And I have teased people about a YouTube channel that I'm not teasing you anymore. It is coming up really soon. All right. So we will have that posted up there in a few weeks. So we're going to have that going as well. So with all of that being said, until we meet again, see ya.